Hello, and welcome to Q&A Quest. I am interiming this whole introduction section. Uh, I will be your host, Family Master, David Bernie. Michael Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, will probably be back eventually once he returns from Parts Unknown. But thankfully, with us as always... So your man in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaiji Monogatari, with co-host here. Hello. So uh, we're, we're waiting for Mom to get back from the store. <laughs> Always, always a, uh, always a question. Yeah. So, uh, do we want, no, I don't want to launch into the questions too fast before wheels gets here. So is there anything that we've been, uh, playing that we feel burning issue to discuss? Well, I think I'm almost ready to write an impression for Alder's blood on switch. Uh, probably not going to be writing a review for it anytime soon because I may have screwed myself over at some point. Um, that is always a first impression to make. No, I mean, it's it's built into the game um, kind of thing. Um, it's like, you, you remember how Darkest Dungeon kind of was predicated on the fact that some of your characters probably won't survive the experience? Yeah. This blood is also predicated on... The fact that some of your or your entire party will at some point go completely bonkers insane and have to be put down mm. and if you're not really okay with that at the, from the start then you may not have the foresight to build up enough cash to hire more people before that happens <laughs> um <laughs> i haven't quite run out of party members yet but it's getting close uh, and there's not enough like cash reserves to Really should have thought harder about it when the initial um, tutorial for the campsite menu included a, and here is where we sacrifice people. <laughs> Section. Yeah. Because that is literally the safest thing to do with somebody whose corruption level is too high. You sacrifice them for the experience to somebody else before they go crazy and try to kill everyone. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, fair. Might as well get the last use out of them. Sacrifice them. Yes. Do you, so do you, it, it is that sort of game. <laughs> do you like yeah. it? Because that is a lot of... Uh, it's a lot to put on a player. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you can make some... I mean, like last week I said, it was kind of like what would happen if you made um, the Dark Tower into a tactical RPG. Mm -hmm. It's also got some roots in the same zitgeist that produced Darkest Dungeon. Um I mean, it's nothing like either of these two examples in the details, but just the feeling of it. It's um, mm. you, you don't get too attached to your party members, <laughs> ever. Yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I guess I'm interested in that uh, in that impression. I hadn't even really heard of the game outside of you mentioning it, so. It was just one of those things that got put on the list of, hey, we have review codes for this available. Want to try it? And I'm like, okay. I have I yet to, no one else to download anything on my Switch. This is a perfect time to find out. Well, I would imagine you got that sorted. Also not a good game to try playing on the airplane um, in the middle of the night because I really couldn't focus well on it. <laughs> so um, instead, I ended up doing Bloodstained for the entire trip to America. 
Nice. That's a good game. I like that game. <laughs> Had one issue with it in post-game, though. Oh, what happened? Um, I was trying the boss rush mode. Mm-hmm. Second boss didn't show up. That is a weird bug. <laughs> you literally, you go to the battle in the uh, room where you fight Zangetsu for the first time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't appear. That's weird. I haven't messed around with that mode. I'll have to see if I can recreate that. Maybe. I'm just like, I managed to beat the first boss in 15 seconds, and I spend the next two minutes waiting to see if the second boss shows up. That's uh, that's a little depressing. (laughs) Yeah, that's there's an issue there. I mean, I never tried the the second boss um, rush mode because there's two listed. I'm kind of curious as to what the difference might be, but I haven't gotten back to it yet. Yeah, I'll probably be popping that back in once the Zangetsu and randomizer mode uh, patch comes out. Maybe that'll fix and that problem you're having. Beyond that, I really need to write a review for Monster Strike. Yeah, yeah. It was remarkably good for what it was. Yeah, I got the sense that you actually enjoyed that one. So I enjoyed it for the plot, even. <laughs> of I'm... all things, really. Yeah. I'm not enjoying it for the post-game, just because um, it's um, kind of taken all of the... I mean, they did a very good job of removing most of the... What was it? Fun pain elements from the main game. Mm-hmm. And then as a goal for the post-game, they say, okay, try to defeat these five massively damaging enemies when I can't actually get within three tiers of difficulty of them. Um, so... Yeah, it's it, yeah. it's going to take a lot of random playing in order to build up stuff for that. Uh, Patty M's asking if we're doing stuff, and yes, we're doing it on Discord, but I don't know how to add. Add people? Let me see if I can... Okay, there's a little thing at the top that says uh, add friends to... It's right next to the little the giant pin. Okay. Um, oh, there we go. I see it now. Add friends. Let's see. Platy. I'm not trying to solve the mystery of what wheels is avatars. <laughs> AM3, let's... Eh? Come on. Okay, wait a moment. I'm trying to figure out how to... See, and he says, well, I think Wheels needs to, but he's not seeing the messages. <laughs> let's get... I mean, I'm typing platy... Are you Discord friends? Three... Yeah, we are. Okay. Hmm. I think. I've got a lot of people so, that I DM um, that I'm not Discord friends with because we just never thought to do it. <laughs> so. It's not even letting me hit the add button for him. Hmm. I get like a list of friends uh, and then I can check and then hit add. But. Let's see. Um, 
Okay, you know Let's see if I can find something. Here we go. Okay. Now now it's deciding to work. All right. Okay. Hey. Hello there. Do you hear us? I can. Good, 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 good. It was taking its own sweet time with the autofill option for friends. <laughs> <laughs> It suggested oh, something I don't know. So I'm not quite sure what was going on there. <laughs> uh, yeah. As for myself, uh, I finished all of the new content in Persona 5 Royal. Yay. Hmm? Say what? Yay. I said oh, yeah, yay. Yeah. The, I would, so... As I was playing Royal, I had a long sort of... I, I was trying to decide for myself, like, whether it added anything, whether it added to the game, core game as well as, as Golden did to Persona 4. And the conclusion I sort of came to was that Golden adds more to the main story of Persona 4, like, just not necessarily adding plot, per se, but it adds more, like, just character interaction... Mm -hmm. But Royal adds more to the balance of Persona 5, and the post-game content is much, much stronger. Uh, Golden... I remember seeing Adrian on Twitter saying that it seemed too easy almost now because he was able to finish out a lot of the social links without even trying before New Year's. Yeah, well, you want to do that because if you because there's little... Uh, there's, you know, the uh, Second Awakening, like, royal, uh, like, extra time you spend with each character. So you want to be able to actually reach those by making sure you've got all the S-Links maxed out. But I, I, in general, I think that most people don't want to replay. I, like, I personally enjoyed replaying this 100, and, 100 or so hour RPG. Most people don't want to do that. So making it so that they can get most, if not all, of the stuff they want out of a single playthrough, I would say, is a good thing. I, I wasn't sure how much of it was actually the game being too easy and him being so experienced with the concepts behind the game system. Um, yeah, because, like, you kind of, like, need to... In order to be able to do that and what the game... Uh, like to have that kind of spare time, you need to spend as little time. You need to do the dungeons essentially all in one run. If you're not able to do that because you're running out of magic, because like that is the thing that the game uses to get you to leave the dungeon is that you're out of magic. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're not able to do that, then you're losing, you know, multiple days to that, to the dungeon exploration. Yeah, that can really eat into your ability to finish <laughs> Yep. But the, the yeah, post-game so, content... Oh. Hmm? Yeah, so that's why we're not always the best people to comment on game difficulty. Yeah, like, people who play RPGs obsessively have kind of a skewed idea of how, how difficult they actually are. Uh, the game's a little less punishing when you actually do die, because, like, Persona still has that system where if the main character dies, it's game over. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember if this was in Original 5 or if it was added to Royal, but when you die in Royal, you're allowed to set back to... If you're fighting a boss, you're allowed to just start the boss again. 
If you're not, you're not to sit back and let safe from you found. With all of the money okay. experience you had accumulated. So it's uh, it's it's clear that they're concerned about how difficult the game is for players who aren't RPG experienced. But, yeah. Uh, as for the post-game content, uh, Golden's post-game content is fine, but I don't think it's super memorable. Uh, it's mostly fluff. It's fun fluff, but it is mostly fluff. The post-game content for Royal, I think, actually addresses uh, questions that are raised and unanswered in vanilla Persona 5's, like, thematic underpinnings, which I appreciate. And it also kind of has a different epilogue that points, that, like, hints at a Persona 5 sequel in a way, in a much more explicit fashion. <laughs> so I'm curious okay. how... Scramble? Uh, I'm not sure, because, like, I don't know how Scramble follows up. Hmm. Like, depending on what it chooses, what it references, it might... Because, like, Persona 5 Original is not hinting at a sequel, but it doesn't close the book on the idea. And if it just decides to go with that, then it could be one thing. But if it decides to play off of the much more explicit sort of hooks at the end of Royal, I I'm interested. I'm very interested to see where they go with this, both from a scramble perspective and a like an actual direct sequel. Well, not direct, but a uh, Persona-style sequel to Persona 5 Royal. But hmm. It's interesting. I really uh, liked it. I think that the new dungeon that they added is actually one of the best in the game. Like, in terms of its actual layout, design, and gimmicks. Uh, I think that the new... Uh, the new and revamped... Uh, like I mentioned, the new and revamped confidants are all really good. Uh, the post-game really opens up, like, one of the new confidants that, like, you, you can tell that there's something off about it because when you first get it, it only shows it as having five possible levels. And I was curious whether they would have a decent diegetic explanation for why that was. And I think they, I think they pull it off. It feels reasonable why it's locked off at five until basically the end of the game. But it's a really excellent... Uh, if you have not played Persona 5, it's definitely the version I recommend. If you have played Persona 5 and feel any desire to replay it, it's absolutely the version to play. So. Which does bring us to a question, but I want to rant... Uh, well, no, no. That's not RPG. Enough, so. I won't rant about the thing I was about to rant. So. Uh, but I, I will uh, poke at a question... Uh, brought forward by someone who is now on this call. Well, you know, what happens yeah. when you're kind of sitting around and it's only funny. jump on. <laughs> no, no, glad to have you, glad to have you. To be back. Uh, but, uh, you, you had asked, what do you expect gameplay or story-wise from Persona 5? Bramble, more linear than some Muso, better story than others. I mean, 
I've never played a Musou game that I thought had a particularly good story, so I hope it's better than those. <laughs> the ones that the, the bits that I've read about this are all interesting ideas that I'm curious to see explored, so I'm hopeful. Uh how more linear than some is kind of a difficult question to ask because there are some Musou games that are just you know, plot beat, plot beat, plot beat, like just plot battle, plot battle. There's, it's strictly linear. You're right. I mean, Fire Emblem Warriors was like that. I mean, you're going straight down the line from episode 1 through 16. Yeah. I, I would suspect that this one... Like, the thing that's interesting about this is that it seems to be like Musou battles and Persona 5-style dungeon work, which I'm interested to see how that fits together. Yeah, that's like, what I was wondering, too. I mean, having played a bunch of licensed Musou games in the past couple of years, like the Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest ones, and mm -hmm. Fire Emblem and Hyrule, I mean, it was a lot of, it, yeah, there was story, but it was a lot of, here's the base, take over the base, do this. Yeah, um, it's, it's an excuse to justify Musou gameplay. Correct. And I, I think the last one I actually played was a demo for the Heroic Legend of Arslan. Oh, man. Which, I uh, mean... All you would have to do is follow the plot of the manga, for the most part, and you would have a Musou plotline to begin with. So, yeah. yeah. Some things lend themselves better than others. Yes. But, yeah. uh, as you were saying... I was going to say, I was wondering if this is more of, like, like you said, it's a, was it a more Persona plot where the Musou gameplay gets put in? Or is this more of, hey, we're making a Musou game, and we're going to wrap the Persona skin around it? I want to say it looks like they're incorporating more Persona into this, because I've seen sections that don't look like they're in dungeons in the trailers. Mm -hmm. As well as just, like, when I, when I look at the trailers, I need to look at this more closely, but when I look at it, it looks like... There are situations where in, in Persona 5, when you ambush an enemy, you'll like your character kind of leaps on them and rips the mask off of them that starts the fight. I <laughs> saw sections that were that. So I'm convinced that at least in some cases, you're in a Persona 5 dungeon, you rip the mask off the enemy, and it jumps into a Musou fight. Which feels more like it's trying to adapt Musou gameplay into Persona than Persona gameplay into Musou. Persona skin and Musa, which can't say I'm complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds good. Yeah, I hope I hope it's good. I want it to be good. Uh, so yeah, there, there's all of my hopes and fears. Uh, but as for when I'd envision a Persona Five Royal Switch port, uh, I'd expect at least a year after the PS4 version in Japan. But I would imagine that any plans, if such a thing exists, have been shaken up heavily by the current business. So, yeah. uh, hoping 2021, basically. Uh, I would imagine Sony probably... I, I suspect money changed hands to make sure Persona 5 did not leave the PlayStation family. Uh, and I would imagine that they paid for no less than a year. Noteworthy, though, in Japan, that would mean this fall. And we might start hearing rumblings about such a thing by then, but I guess we'll see. 
Just decided so, to call up a two and a half hour um Sona five scramble Japanese uh gameplay video. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Right. I, I just saw exactly what you talked about. You walked up, risked, ripped the mask off, and instead of, you know, Sona five battle, now it's a Muso style battle. Oh man, now I wonder if it plays a new song when you rip the mask off. And one of the things I appreciated about both Persona 5 Royal and Persona 4 Golden is that surprising enemy got you a different battle theme, which all the battle themes in Persona 4 and 5 are great, but occasionally you would like them to have more of them because they're very long games. Yes. So, uh, in, in Royal, when you get a... When you get a surprise attack, it get, plays a new song that I think is called Game Over, based off of what I could observe in its lyrics. And then, if you don't, you get less surprise. So. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, this definitely doesn't look like, you know, there's a gigantic area with thousand monsters always around. It's yeah. like, battles seem to start and stop in certain places. Mm-hmm. The word clear keeps coming up, and your experience pops up, kind of like at the end of a battle. Da, 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 da. Well, yeah, it's it's clear that like the Muso developers have wanted to break out of that formula for a while, and like use the use the licenses they've gotten to produce things that are more similar to the uh, to the license. I know that I know that Hyrule Warriors when it was. There was an interview where they said that originally their idea was that you would have a Zelda dungeon that had like so amounts of enemies. I can kind of see why Nintendo said no to that, but uh, I feel like this looks like a more reasonable use of it. The idea of turning Persona into an action RPG by using Muso combat is not is an interesting one. Five minutes into what I'm watching, and that's exactly what that looks like. <laughs> well, that's a uh, reason for me to be excited, at least. No, that's good. Anyway, I hope, hope you're not getting too much noise over there from my overly... Uh, just occasional. <laughs> we hear. We hear. Okay. Okay, well then, different question then. Since we have three different dads in the uh, on the uh, table right now, it's me, um, the non-dad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what what is your equivalent of it's a parent? You're a parent um, with gaming families and gaming dads. I actually played Let's Go Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have touched that. Ten foot pole. Well, I play Gen. I play Gen One plenty enough. Is the is the Jigglypuff song? Boy, it's all Pokemon all the time over here. I read Pokemon basically uh, like a bestiary book to them before bed. Just flip through. We're gonna read A through F tonight. Three Pokemon A through F. <laughs> I remember back when Gen 1 came out, buying the little, like, 
Pokedex guides that just had like descriptions of Pokemon with little bits of trivia about them. So yeah, so, good to know that tradition is alive and well. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. basically. I want to say after Christmas, looking on Facebook Messenger one day, and I saw someone was like, "We've got three Pokemon books for like five dollars just hanging on our door handle. Come by our house, pick it up." <laughs> well, I did, and like one of, it's just been since Christmas. Yeah, I mean, one of the well books is. You. Much falling apart. My kids have read it so much. Uh, now, with my daughter, with my older daughter, it's Sophia the First books. <laughs> so we've read a lot of those, and yeah. she's just discovered my cache of Magic School Bus books, and she's enjoying those. Oh, Miss Frizzle, definitely a good one. <laughs> yeah, I just have to get creative with rewording it sometimes because she. She's only like she's not yet four, and she doesn't quite get some of the wordplay. <laughs> My kids are four and six, and they don't always get it either. Hey, they de- I My kids definitely picked up on uh, Spiro. I don't know what that dragon is. There's a show on Netflix, Skylanders. Oh man, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's new or not, but it's uh, it's a little older at this stage. Yeah. I I will say they were so they were jokes yeah. flopping down every three to four minutes for adults in there. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot when people writing children's shows get bored. I felt that I'm like, wait a minute, didn't seem like a show from Japan. Because a lot of the references were very American cultural based. Yeah, wish... Skylanders was a was an Activision franchise mm-hmm. back around 2010 to 2015. It was originally their way to like reinvigorate Spyro, but Spyro quickly became like the least important part of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, my kids. Those. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, Power Rangers to Dinosaur King to all the Pokemon ones, everything that they've been watching for like the last six months is very, you know, Japanese taken here. I'm going to say, if, if you would like a Japanese copy of the monster of the Dinosaur King DS game, I could probably get it for a couple bucks. <laughs> oh, no, no, that- Japanese really required for this. Um, Sadly, my uh, Japanese DS has uh, seen the end of its life cycle two months back. Well, uh, thankfully, Japanese DS games are region-free. Yeah, they'll work oh. in American 3DSs as well. Oh, jeez, yeah. look at that. Yeah, you have to worry about international 3DS cartridges. Yeah, those, uh, those don't work. <laughs> As that was the, uh, was the game that you sent me, Michael, last year, the... Uh, I think it was Yokai Walkbusters, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And I, I think I got variants. Okay, yeah. About three to five hours into that, and that that was around the end of the uh, Japanese 3DS life cycle. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. Then Yokai Watch Three came over here and basically had the entire Blasters game just put right in there. Mother of oh. God, why? Sorry, Why not? sorry. Someone, someone just linked me 
a Switch port of a legendary game. Release date scheduled release summer 2020. Hoshio Miruhito. See the stars? Do you do you know this this particular game? Um isn't it like a uh social adventure story mm -hmm. game? No, it is an old Famicom game that's infamous for basically not working at all. <laughs> okay, I've got it confused with something a lot more recent then. Yeah, okay. Hoshio Miruhito was you start it up and it's clear that like the tile sets aren't implemented correctly. Ooh. Like it just doesn't work. <laughs> it, it truncates the last digit of your HP at all times. <laughs> if you get into a menu that you don't have options to choose, you just lose your turn. Like it's just legendarily doesn't work completely broken. But this is a page that's on a Japanese website, but it's in English. I'm so concerned. Oh, no. Yeah. So in 2004, a free fan game remake was created called, titled Stargazer. Huh. Okay. Why would you make this? It's considered, like, one of the most legendarily just garbage games in Japan. Legendary Kusoge. Like, the only things I can... There are a couple of, like, Famicom games that kind of fit in this area of, like, infamous, like, Kusoge that I'm aware of. Holy of crap! I just saw the cross-review um, from Famitsu for it. Yeah. Yeah. Scores four, five, six, four. I have almost never seen a game with that low a score. Yeah, Famitsu really does not like using the lower end of that. It's uh, it's bad. Uh, but yeah, like the only uh, comparably infamous Famicom game I can think of is uh, Gonzo Sayuki Super Monkey Daibokan. Which is another game that just feels like it's not finished or functional at all. So, it's... This. Another... I want to say it was Hotby? Not Hotby. The publisher, the developers listed as just another. Oh, yeah, another. Which makes them basically ungoogleable. Yeah. But, let's see if I can find them. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is completely impossible. Uh, copyright is owned by City Connection Company Limited. Okay. Yeah, that's the website that I got linked to with cityconnection.co.jp. Maybe they're trying to... Uh... Here we go. In the early part of the game, there's only one, only a single way to restore health, which is a single spot within the first town. Yeah, lovely. Uh-huh. It's yeah, it's broken in all ways. Ability to escape from battle. Yep, just broken in all ways. Reviewers noted the often confusing and highly difficult gameplay. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. Let's see. 
So yeah, that's getting re-released on Switch for ten bucks apparently at some point in the summer. Original Maybe version or a remade version? Uh, it the trailer they showed sure looks like the original game. <laughs> it says there there's a new features thing in the. The like info bar, but it's completely grayed out. So maybe that means there aren't any, or maybe that means we're just not ready to reveal them yet. <laughs> I feel like fan hacks have shown that there are like aspects of the game that are just improperly implemented. I could see them adding a mode that just implements those properly. But... Or just implement them and release that. Then release the the ish, um, the uh, problem-related one as the challenge mode. <laughs> but, yeah, just... It's like, it's one of those things that boggles the mind that someone is actually re-releasing. Well, I mean, I, I actually have a copy of Esper Dream on my 3DS downloaded. <laughs> ah, which play the, the rare sequel. There. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I always intended to review it just so I could actually use the little Famicom disk system icon on the sidebar of the old site. That's not going to work happen now, but... <laughs> Yeah, just to be the, the one person to ever actually review something from that console or the site. Yeah. Can't believe you have to play Hoshio Miruhito now. <laughs> uh, uh, only if you make it worth my while. Bet or something. Yeah, I've seen... Uh, there was a speed run of it done at GDQ last year. It didn't make the game make any more sense. <laughs> the first town's completely invisible because I think, again, improperly implemented tiles. <laughs> so, that's fun. But, yeah. I guess since uh, Wheels appears to be trapped in parts unknown, we should move on to some more questions. Okay. Uh, what are the weirdest licensed games you've come across? You do not understand the Ark of the Covenant that you are opening. Uh, this is from Crawl. Uh, can you think of any particular RPGs, uh, any, partic any particularly RPGs, that transcended a mediocre or bizarre license? Thinking of things like Cool Spot, which was a passable platformer, despite being based on a 7-Up advert. Not only is Cool Spot fine, it has sequels, and also, it's not the only... Uh, seven up mascot to get a freaking bad life. Not bad, but mediocre license platform. So I'm oh here. Boy. I'm here. Oh, you're finally alive. Just in time to talk about weird license games. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we'll how, do you feel about, how do you feel about Fido Dido? I have to go. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> what the hell you is that? <laughs> Fido Dido is a 7-Up mascot. We got a Europe-only Super Famicom platformer. What? You love it. I'm looking at this guy right now. Looking at this guy right now, I have never seen him. Yeah, I don't think he was used that much outside of Europe, but he was a 7-Up mascot. He was, used, he was like a 
mascot for for hire, basically. You can use him on other things. Oh, jeez. I, I know I've seen this character before. And you know what? I actually lived in France for a year. That's probably why I've seen him before. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah, it was being published by Conico, of all companies. Huh. But yeah, Fido Dido, uh, that's worse than Cool Spot, but it is a different 7-Up mascot game. Uh, <laughs> let's see, there's... Uh, let's see. Remember Spot Goes to Hollywood? I hope not. That game's bad. Um, remember that it exists. Does that count? It's, it's isometric, it's bad. Um, goes to Hollywood? Yeah, Spot Goes to Hollywood. Okay, not Spot the Dog. No, no, okay. the Seven Up spot. Remember, I'm reading lots of children's books lately. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, Spot visits his grandparents. Spot goes to the beach. Spot's <laughs> birthday party. Okay, Spot goes to Hollywood. Sure, why not? Why not? It sounds like he'll a possibility. Learn, he'll learn all about show business. Oh, well, um, Wait, who made that um, one that was in France, you said, the Europe-only game? The Fido Dido? Uh, it was being published by Conoco. Alright, well, they, they had some other ones, too, apparently, here. Hmm. Uh, Chester Cheetah. Oh, Chester Ooh. Cheetah and Too Cool to Fool, and Chester yes. Cheetah and Wild Wild West. They, they, apparently, I don't know if I want to use the word excelled, but, uh... They certainly did a lot of these. Yes. <laughs> the, they did. Like, the Conoco catalog is just layers upon layers of garbage. It's great. Uh, they did a very forgotten set of beat em ups called DJ Boy and B Rap Boys. Uh, and then, like, just a bazillion Gals Panic games. Uh, that's exactly yeah. what I'm scrolling through now. And it is a bazillion. Which I believe are kicks clones, kicks clones with boobs in them. So, they found they, their, they found that niche that will always sell. It is definitely a, an erotic game, apparently. <laughs> But yeah, let's see. Thinking of like actually interesting licensed games, like especially licensed RPGs, just aren't that common unless they're licensed from like tabletop RPGs or anime. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was good anime. It was the Sergeant Frog RPG. Yeah, I knew you were going to go directly into Tales of Canada. <laughs> uh, oh no, I was just going to mention it before going into the real good one at Choco Vader. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, I remember you talking about Choco Vader. <laughs> uh, so for reference here, Choco Vader was a set of collectible cards and chocolate um, circa about 18, 19 years ago that Namco produced. Um, and they had tie-ins including an arcade game a, mm -hmm. um, and, a, and where, that would get you... Um, codes and the, you could get codes off of the actual cards and things and you could use these in the Game Boy Advance RPG to get secret characters. Mm -hmm. And so I mean, it was a collectible card set and it was all uh, um, it was basically a, like a, an index of every reported alien encounter of the 20th century. Huh. Yes. That makes sense. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
so the the game itself is a shonen manga. Truth is out there fighting aliens, um, <laughs> thing. Um, in one of the very first uh, minor plots involved a uh, a crop circle appearing in a in a an elementary school playground. <laughs> it's like that. Had like had alien abduction um, uh, abductions off of a train in America. Had um, the final boss was the face of Mars. Oh, I remember <laughs> you telling me about that because that rings loud and clear. Yeah. So like the face of Mars was a secret alien weapon, and the only defense was a um, was a shield system built into the Great Pyramids of Giza. <laughs> She was able to hold it off long enough for you to intercept it in a UFO and fight it until it was in pieces. Let's see. This uh, was a really silly game. <laughs> trying to think of, like, there's the obvious uh, choices for particularly good RPGs based off of licenses, but I mean, for bizarre or, like, I'm going to, like, I'm a, I mean, known Kingdom Hearts fan, so I'm going to go back and say that anyone who uh, anyone who remembers when that game was first announced remembers everyone thinking, that's going to be garbage and no one's going to want to acknowledge it in three years. So, I'd say that's one of those transcended what people expected of the licenses. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, so would the South Park games count? I would say that that was definitely not something people expected to succeed outside of Obsidian being uh, positioned on the first one. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. not licensed, but I always like bringing it up because I feel like uh, it's it's not licensed because the property is too old to be copyrighted, which is uh, it's easy. I feel it's easier, I feel like, for players in the West to forget that Suicoden is technically based off of an older story. Very loosely, but worth noting. What is that? What is the name of that original story? Uh, it's translated as Water Margin. You would pronounce it in Chinese as like Shui Hujuan. It is a 14th century Chinese novel. A Suicoden. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, not technically licensed because the thing that it's based off of is too old to be copyrighted. But if we're, if we're doing Wuxia, I played um, the Eagle Shooting Heroes, mm -hmm. which is a much more recent example of the genre. Yeah. Uh, this one. I want to bring up mostly because it's really funny to me. Uh, let me see if I can make sure that I'm referencing the... I, I want to double-check my uh, sources. Uh, but basically, this one's funny to me. Uh, so, uh, famous crazy manga author uh, Gonagai wrote a manga based off of, you know, uh, based vaguely off of old uh, Shinto deity called Susanoo that doesn't have an ending. Uh, that manga just sort of stops. Huh. 
What was the name of it? Uh, Susano. I mean, that was the name of the manga. Yeah. Okay, Susano. Okay. Uh, they they made a game based off of it for like the I want to say that there's like a Turbo Graphics game, or it would be PC Engine, but uh, I forget what its name is. Uh, okay, yeah, there's a PC Engine game that uh, called Susano then sets that has an actual ending means that if you want an, a version of that story that ends, you have to play a very obscure old PC Engine game. Well, that so, is something. Those heroes, the manga was left with an open ending for po- a possible next part. That Nagai never got around to. That <laughs> uh, tended to happen a lot. Nagai would just sort of stop making something. And then just never de- decide that he didn't care enough to go back to it. Even some of his most famous stuff just doesn't really stop. It doesn't have an end. It just stops. <laughs> so, you know. Don't worry. He was probably busy drawing like the his nightmarish version of the Divine Comedy. If you wanna, if you wanna see something that will make you question why you look at visual images, not that they're bad, but they are upsetting. Ugh. Go on a guy doing the Divine Comedy after doing, was it before or after he did Devil Man and Mao Dante? Can't remember. Ooh, okay. Let's see. Well, I played an interesting licensed RPG a few years ago. What? What's that? Which is the One Piece RPG for 3DS. Was that any good? Romance <laughs> it was it was okay. The problem was it's tried to compre- compress like a bunch of stories into one game. And, and now you know how licensed JRPGs on handhelds work. Yeah. They're all <laughs> like that. And it felt like a bunch of stories compressed. So it was not really that interesting. Again, except for Sergeant Frog, because they just turned it into, like, an OVA plot. Does Sergeant Frog even have enough of an ongoing plot to really compress? (laughs) Does, actually, but um, good luck figuring it out for a while. Um, Uh, In between all the Gunpla ads? (laughs) Yep. Hey, they actually turned Gunpla into an equipable set of items in that game. It was your basic armor item. Namco Bandai is the one making the Sergeant Frog game. Uh, and it is still possibly the best Tales game on the console. <laughs> I do love Hearts, though. I don't know why you posted the skip wheels. I don't know why not. I feel like there's a lot of reasons why not. And by the way, we're also streaming now, too, because why not? Okay, okay. people can drop in halfway through and wonder why why we've done this to them. Yes, indeed, exactly. It makes this all the more insane. I told you to get a stream token, and you probably didn't. No comment. Uh, so that means no. Okay, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, for I feel like RPGs typically don't get bizarre licenses because it's usually like a lot of manga aimed at like eight to fifteen year olds, and that means a lot of 
like JRPGs that are of mediocre quality, but probably fine if you're really obsessed with it and just want to play the thing that you watched. Uh, the uh, Monolith made a Dragon Ball RPG at one point. That was weird. Monolith did. Yeah, Monolith Soft did uh, Dragon Ball Attack of the Saiyans for your DS. Uh, I was saying like 2009 or so? Yeah, Dragon Ball Z Attack of the Saiyans. 2009. uh, And... By all accounts, it's pretty good. Never played it, but it's interesting. Uh, just, it's weird. I I feel like that was either just before or just after they got eaten by Nintendo. But, uh, just a very odd thing to exist at all, really. <laughs> see, what are something odd? Okay. Um, let's see, Nightmare Project Yakata. Oh, no, I've mentioned before, but that's the one that um, uses as a backstory four separate mystery novels. Yeah, I remember this. And it hooks it into the weirdest Lovecraftian horror story you can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird game. <laughs> or um, there was Rizoud. Sound? Rizoud? Well, I'm sure it had a... I can't remember the actual English release name, but it was... Um, <laughs> it was a uh, Wizard of Oz RPG. Oh, this thing! Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That one was weird to have happened. That was made by, like, Media Create, I think? Something like that, yeah. yeah then they, wild and well, then, of sorry, course, there yes. was Codename Steam. That's right. It's... Codename Steam that had... Would be really interesting literary references as characters. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun game. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see Queen California as a character. Important. Uh, of all the deep cuts into American literature. <laughs> really deep cuts. Oh, wait, not Media Create, Media Vision. That's what I was thinking of. Media Create's the one that uh, does the Japanese sales charts. Uh,. Okay, yeah, yeah. Media vi- media dot vision. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I want to say that they did uh, that Wizard Boss game, but maybe I'm conflating it. Oh yeah, with, known in the US, uh, known in the U.S. as Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick, brick Road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goodbye, yellow brick road. Just this weird blip between uh, that and being contracted to do a bunch of the Valkyria Chronicles later games and Shining games. Okay, um, what else was out there? Um, um, the Japanese mascot character Funashi had his own version of Puzzledra, Puzzles and Dragons. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, that's, that that Wizard of Oz RPG might actually be the weirdest 
<laughs> the weirdest combination of license, developer, and, like, budget. And I was just like, who, who paid for this to happen? Why? No, I, I still think the one that's based off of trading cards and chocolate was pretty weird. That one's weird, but you can kind of see what that's meant to sell in addition to the game itself. Whereas, like, Wizard of Oz, it's like, it's not like you can, there's some, like, new Wizard of Oz property you're trying to sell this with. This was 09. was yeah that was a good two-year period for weird ds games yeah just just make them do whatever uh, yeah Assuming you guys already uh, covered what you're up to, what you've been playing earlier, right? Uh, me and uh, Michael did, but I did not. But not Mike. No, very <laughs> different. <laughs> we'll tell us. Uh, well, I have been forced to play lots of Minecraft, which is actually kind well, of fun. You're developing some Stockholm syndrome. Yes. <laughs> Uh, if you look on the stream now, you'll see me playing uh, DuckTales Minecraft. <laughs> I will not, but I'm, it's good to know. <laughs> uh, but when I'm not playing that, I've been playing lots of lots of Aisha. Nice. Atelier. 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 You're getting there. Which one is it? <laughs> Atelier. Atelier. What I've always heard. Atelier, Atelier, am I close enough? Unless you actually listen the voice acting in the games, in which case you'll hear like three or four different pronunciations. Oh, wonderful! Sometimes the same game. But I, I'm in year three of that, so I'm nearing the end. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll probably replay it at some point. Now that I actually know what I'm doing, I feel like it. It's kind of intended that you play it more than once, because it seems like I'm unlocking some things pretty late, and uh, you know, didn't know what I was doing half the time. But it's fine. It's a really fun game. This games don't really have a new game plus feature the way the game, the DS games did. No. So, yeah. You may just be slow to the party. Maybe, but uh. I probably won't replay that right away. I'm going to move on to the next one. Eska, the... Eska and Logie. Eschatology? Yeah. Logie, yeah. The pun that wasn't really translated? Wasn't translated. Not really translatable at all. Yeah, that's true. You'd have to know that you pronounce the ampersand in Japanese as toll. Yeah. Yeah. Eschatology. Yeah, I'm going to get to that and probably going to start up uh, Riza on the side. I don't, cannot Riza. pronounce it. Riza. Riza. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
because I would like to play through that one at some point before the inevitable sequel gets announced and released and whatnot. So, oh yeah, I think working on a fairy tale game right now for some reason. You should be announcing the next Atelier game pretty quick because yeah. it's right it's knowing that. how they work. Oh, shit. See what? Oh, shit, came out it's last the Beagle year Boys. But yeah, you, hey. yeah, you're right. They were like three last year, but I think they are, as as Gaijin said, uh, preoccupied by a fairy tale game that I will also be buying because that show is my jam. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> see, uh, yeah, uh, and meanwhile. Uh, right before recording started, I wrapped uh, Streets of Rage 4. Didn't that you come ever... out today? <laughs> it's a, a beat-em-up, yeah, dude. It's not I'm more than two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good beat-em-up. Like a really, really good beat-em-up. Highly recommended. Sweet. How's the soundtrack? Incredible. Sweet. Art's gorgeous. Uh, uh, it, it's also on Game Pass if you have Game Pass. It also is on Switch, and it looks very good there. It's, I will be grabbing it. Plays it there. very good there, and we can play online because there's two-player online co-op and four-player couch co-op. Sweet. Nice. Highly recommended if you have any love in your heart for beat 'em ups or electronic dance music. <laughs> A lot of beat 'em ups in the. Uh... Both the Nintendo or the NES, SNES catalog on the Switch, and I bought the Genesis pack. It should have the first three Streets of Rage, right? I want to say, I know it's got a couple. I want to say my son and I played two. I don't know how we picked that one at random, but... Two is the best one by consensus and by merit. <laughs> <laughs> One is very much like Sega seeing that Final Fight is on Super Nintendo and being like, oh, oh no, 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 we need, we need Final Fight on our platform. And so, like, it's a good Final Fight knockoff, but it is very much a Final Fight knockoff. Uh, two, however, is, it's still definitely in the mold of Final Fight, but it's got much more of an identity. Uh, three has some questionable experiments into deeply experimental musical techniques uh, and was made mercilessly unfair in the US version hmm. so kind of hoping to push my kids towards those games for a while um, we finished Let's Go Pikachu yeah. I, think, uh, I think we did that Sunday oddly enough I finished that game with them on the same day I did finish up a Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Nice. So, I thought it was... I can't remember ever rolling credits on two uh, longer games like that in the same day. <laughs> it's always weird, isn't it? I know. I, I kind of fell like asleep. closing a chapter on your life. <laughs> <laughs> I totally fell asleep fighting the final boss, I think the first or second form, on a Saturday night in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. To were up early the next morning. I was like, oh, I should just knock this out and beat it and it wasn't too hard to do that. Um, so got through all that, and then, yeah, later in the day, they were like, oh, let's play Let's Go Pikachu, and 
had uh, eaten the eighth gym the day before, so kind of just walked right through the uh, before and arrival, and that was that. Nice. I've uh, since gone on and gotten Mewtwo and then not touched it for about three days. <laughs> Ask about it, and I'm like, well, we can, and they're like, well, there's not much to do, and I'm really, and I'm like, well, really, there's not. We've, uh, that they've got all those Pokemon Master Trainers in the game, mm-hmm. and we went and fought one. And uh, had like some level 70 random crappy Pokemon and wiped the floor with our like level 7 one. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm not putting any time into power leveling to do any of this. So, uh, and yesterday we were looking to do Perler Beads. They wanted to make or Mewtwo or something. So we're looking up Perler B designs. And what pops on the screen at some point is Dark Mewtwo. <laughs> and they were like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, I really don't know. And clicked on it and got a uh, trailer for the Pokemon tournament. And I was like, oh, this was on the Wii U. We don't have a Wii U, so. And because I'm sitting there with Google open and they're both sitting right on my lap and right next to me its son presses another one and then sees that there's a switch version <laughs> I'm like oh he's like can that be our next game you know we've beat we've beat Hyrule Warriors together this year we beat Fire Emblem Warriors we just took out Let's Go Pikachu oh we did Luigi's Mansion 3 we did Let's Go Pikachu we're like really ramping up here in quarantine time and I was like oh I don't know you know we, we've already got for Smash Brothers. But I downloaded the demo. We played it for... You get 15 battles and you're only allowed three of the fighters. But it was very repetitive very quickly. Even my oldest one was like, eh, I don't know. He goes, can we buy it? And I was like, if you if you let me sell Luigi's Mansion 3, we can. <laughs> because I don't collect... I am one of the few people on staff that don't collect games at all. <laughs> Once I beat something, it's gone. Heathen. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> yep, I, it goes right on eBay, and it is it is gone within a week. Um, I was trying to tell my kids, I'm like, if you want another game, sure, we can sell the old games that you're not playing. We haven't touched Luigi's Mansion 3 in weeks. They've been like, yeah, they don't want to go through and get any more of this stuff. Like, well, then we're done with it. We get rid of it. Um uh, then uh, one of my buddies, I posted on my Dragon Quest forum, and somebody messaged me and like, "Hey, if you want that game, my kids haven't played it in two years. Do you want to borrow it for a month or two? And I'm like, yeah, "They'll be sick of that in two weeks." But thank you, yes, I, I will take it. <laughs> a five dollar bill back in the envelope when I mail it back to you. Thanks for uh, shipping it to me. <laughs> That'll be. I, I've I've never played a Pokemon tournament game, so. I don't know what there is to do other than just fight each other for a little bit. Yeah, it's just, it's Tekken. It's Tekken. Okay. To the point where Pikachu apparently has a bunch of moves that the Mishima family typically has in Tekken games. <laughs> Get ready for way too technical explanations of how Electric God Fist works. Oh, jeez. We went through all the tutorials and I was like, okay. We're going to just end up button mashing anyway. That's wise. 
That's, that's the healthiest way to do things. Yeah, that's how my son beat me a bunch of times, even though I was trying to win. Oh, yeah, I, I will say it took me... He beat me two two matches to zero, like, the first four battles. Like, okay, I gotta start actually paying attention a little bit more. Lost <laughs> eight straight matches. But yeah, even at the end of it, my son said something like, because all the fighters are grayed out except for Pikachu, what is it, the Penguin, Emporion, uh, sorry. No, but I think there's like 15 or 18 characters, and he even said, he's like, ooh, Daddy, I don't know if I really want this now. There's not a lot. There's more in Super Smash Brothers. It's true, there are. And I was yeah, like, wow, there's yeah. no Decidueye in Super Smash Brothers. It's true. That is a shame. Told okay. them, I'm like, listen, dude, you gotta budget your money. This is, this is what it comes down to as a gamer at some point. You wanna oh. wanna do this? You wanna do that? Can't just buy a new game every two months. Heck, the way they're going, it's like every month. I just made the supreme mistake of looking up the director of Tekken's. Uh, Twitter page where he was talking about being excited to give Pikachu the freaking Mishima electric wind gun <laughs> attack. So that's that's a nightmare. <laughs> you know, you get enjoyment from you can. Yeah, just you're when you are the un undethronable god king of a franchise that continues to sell millions of copies, you're just allowed to do whatever. Um, yeah, I, I was trying to push my children into, you know, if you really want more Pokemon games, I'll finally buy Sword and Shield and do this. Good it's game. Good video. <laughs> and I, I knew I'd get it eventually, but now that they're really excited and then my You gotta make it is, seem like it's their fault. <laughs> yes, yes. And... Again, like I, I beat a game and I get rid of it, so I kind of wanted to wait till the DLCs come out. Um, getting close. I know. The so first like, one, anyway. First one, yeah. We'll see if I can put them off. I, I'm trying to convince them they want to learn how to play on the 3DS. <laughs> My oldest is really interested in trying to play the other Luigi Mansions. He's like, well, just beat Luigi's Mansion 3. What about 1 and 2? Gotta solve the mystery. He's like, well, they're not on the Switch. We can't play co-op. Um, but I can... I, I get believe the 3DS versions have co-op, but you just can't access it in this case. Yeah, you'd have to have the two... Multiple 3DSs. Yeah. I so you do. So I have two 3DSs, but I gotta buy two copies of a game. It's just it rapidly becomes impractical. Exactly, yeah. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're not... You do not need two copies of the game for the Dark Moon co-op, although it's not story co-op. Oh, well, yeah. But it is it is pretty fun. Nice. Oh yeah, I'm trying to convince them because they, like I said last week, they plowed their way through all the Pokemon Sun and Moon, and those are the items that we're reading with all the descriptions of the Pokemon and everything. I'm like, I have Ultra Moon right here. We could play. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Probably still my favorite Pokemon. I remember you saying that. Yeah. At a dinner party probably four months ago. And we were just sitting around playing with our friends. And they had their phones out for a couple minutes playing uh, 
what is it, Pokemon Go. I pulled mine out, and one of my favorite things is to look on the Facebook marketplace at all time. And I saw someone like five minutes previously had thrown Ultra Moon up for 20 bucks. Oh, damn. I was like, yes, I'll take that. And my friend and I drove out of our neighborhood say Dunkin' Donuts right at the entrance to our neighborhood. We're driving right by. Had that game within uh, 25 minutes. Nice. Just Here's imagine Wheel. Oh, good. That was it. I'm just imagining Wheels on a bender shouting about his favorite Pokemon. <laughs> that seems right. That seems accurate. Do we have any more questions to talk about? We do. We have four more questions, some of which are quick. So we'll get to those. Uh, first one. This is a quick one from Victor. In the wake of the recent news about Nintendo accounts being compromised, not to mention Sony's past troubles with being hacked, what security co- precautions do you recommend when interacting with video game online storefronts, online accounts, and so on? Uh, two-factor authentication, if you have any option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the core of it. If not, I mean... Don't use terrible passwords. Yeah, don't reuse passwords just in general. Yeah. That is the thing that all of us has failed at, but it fights it bites in the ass every time. <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking, okay, people actually link PayPal accounts to these things. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend uh, linking PayPal accounts at all. If you can, link yeah, something like... That's, uh, that's dumb. You shouldn't do that. I mean... Wheels, you sound I, like you're uh, <laughs> not as confident as you should be. <laughs> if, I want to, if I want to get anything off the stores at all, I will go buy a card at the convenience store for as close to the exact amount as possible. And then use the entire thing up. Once online. So, since I think my those accounts don't have... I should have no connections to anything else. And have unique passwords for each. Um, yeah. Basically, There's nothing to steal. And to yeah. Of course me, I've got my PayPal linked. Heartbeat, I can buy what I need to. It's convenient. <laughs> it is. And I, I I just remember over all the years I've been a member with PayPal, it's like twenty one years now, I think in ninety nine I had it. The few times there's been an issue, PayPal is always on my side. Really quickly take care of that. <laughs> Forever by your side, PayPal. My PayPal got compromised once and someone tried to buy Facebook ads. I was able to get it reversed, thankfully. Hey, see? That right there. That, that's the bonus of PayPal. PayPal's very much. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, two-factor authentication is probably your best bet because uh, yeah. spoofing your phone mm-hmm. in addition to getting your password is a giant pain that's probably not worth it to anyone who's trying. So yeah, enough schleps out there not doing that. So, yeah. yeah. The other thing with security is to be careful of... Uh, social hacking yeah a lot of times it's just going to be someone like finding your like every security question that's ever been offered for uh for resetting your password is bad every single one of them because they're almost always (laughs) things that like a person could casually get that information out of you yes if you ever receive a text message from your credit card or bank company make sure that's Assume it's fake. Start There's there. almost no chance that's real. Yes. Especially if you didn't specifically request it. If it requests information, it's definitely fake. 
That's not how they verify things. I was going to say, I think the only time I've got a text message is my wife went out with her friends one night and they were out till two or three in the morning. Around one thirty in the morning, I get a text message like, you just try to buy something at Olive Garden and then Walmart and then somewhere else. What a night on the town. What a party. <laughs> hey, they listen, had gone... when you're at Olive Garden, you're family. I don't, I don't want to be family at Olive Garden. It sounds like you have like an angry Italian uncle. Yeah, I guess girls and I went from like downtown Disney to going out to midnight dinner at Olive Garden and then stopping at Walmart for God knows what because something came up. And yeah, my credit card company, card company is like, okay, this is not usual activity. Yeah, no, that yeah. was that was a, that was probably a good call on their part. I'm like, are you sure this is real? And <laughs> it's, it, it's pretty funny because not two minutes after I get that text, wife texts me. She's like, "Why isn't our credit card working?" <laughs> 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 like, because you're doing things that we probably never because have done were, in the past six years. Behaving suspiciously like someone who just stole a credit card. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those are those are kind of the rules of thumb. Uh, don't. Yeah, I almost <laughs> fell for one of those recently because uh, it was like acting like it was from my credit card, and I had recently bought something from Amazon Japan with my credit card. So I thought, well, okay. I can maybe, see why they'd be suspicious. They that suspicious. So you know, I clicked the link and was like, wait a second. <laughs> That's the thing, like, this if you get fake. a link, yeah. that's the other thing. If you ever get a link, don't click the link. Yeah. Go to your actual website that exactly. you know and yeah, see the... if there's a corresponding message. They are never going to send you a link if it's real. Yeah. If you have any reason to believe there's a problem, you can go to the website itself and check if there's some sort of problem there. Exactly. <laughs> but, Yeah. Uh, otherwise, just keep on top of things. Keep track of uh, like these. These sorts of things are a lot easier to reverse when the charge is still pending. <laughs> yeah. I'll say I, did, I didn't get hacked by Nintendo, but I did try to. I got a sign in question from them the other day. Mm. Are, are you trying to sign in from Taiwan? Yeah, like that's that's one of those mm. things. That's like, one of the many advantages to having those two factor authentications. Like yeah. I don't recall being in Taiwan, but I should check. <laughs> Let me think about my last 48 hours movement. Man, room, living weird. room, backyard, bedroom. Nope. Oh, damn it. Taiwan. No Taiwan. Flying, but maybe I was in Taiwan. <laughs> Borders are closed, I don't, but... <laughs> I don't know what I was doing while I was sleeping. Maybe I, I got smuggled in. Is Taiwan I, you... in New Jersey? I'll be honest. I had to actually. I did think about it for a minute with my Google one because I got the same thing from Google like two days before, and mm-hmm. did go through and like make sure Google to factor authentication is on. And what is it now? I have a Google Authenticator app on my phone because Google suggested that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, totally, and it, it actually works with my Nintendo account now. But um, I had that too. And I really had to think about it because when I use my VPN, my computer, sometimes I do sign into Google. Yeah. Some very uh, weird places. 
I, I get those messages all the time because I signed into my Google account from multiple different operating systems. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of also, annoying. this I, I've made I've made a tremendous error in judgment. I was thinking of like a comedic place to have accidentally been and Googled the Taj Mahal, uh, and the thing that makes this funny is seeing three reviews on Google for the Taj Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just in case you aren't sure whether you want to go with it, Taj Mahal. <laughs> Only they, three? My they, God. Are they good reviews? I'm kind we'll of find out. One day. Oh God. But yeah, uh, I was gonna say I reviewed so many places around here. There's like a hundred reviews for the McDonald's at the end of my street. You know. Maybe it was another thing labeled Taj Mahal. We'll never know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I just really like the idea of <laughs> for like historic landmarks. Maybe you don't know that Shah Jahan did it. You want to make sure. Got arrested for climbing the Great Pyramid. Zero out of five stars would not recommend. Listen, I was just trying to do like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I'll tell you that the Taj Mahal Indian Pakistani has all restaurant in Orlando. I don't know. It's it's below a 4.0 rating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that last question was from Victor. Uh, this next one is uh, again from Kroll. Who are some of your favorite antagonists in RPG? And because it's more fun, who are some of the worst? Uh, uh, insert X death joke here. Sorry, I was going to Say what? I mean, antagonist. It could be villain. It could be rival. It could be anti-villain. Yeah, I, th I think that's right? that ambiguous. I think that ambiguity is intentional. So, I mean, like, if we're going with force of nature, I would probably have to go with sin from Final Fantasy X. Uh, speaking of bad antagonists, you yeah, them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was a complete ass pull. Uh, um, in the vein of like Zeromus or several others, but he actually made sense in the greater context than most of them do. Yeah. But yeah, like it's why we don't usually count like the actual final bosses in most Final Fantasy games because they're just nothing. They're just nonsense. But I mean, no, I mean, if we're going to compare the final final characters in the Final Fantasy games, Yu Yevin at least he he was a logical extension of the entire socio-political mess that was the sin death cult in Final Fantasy X. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like Necron or Zeromus. Necron specifically just being a joke about being uh was it Necron was the was the actual incarnation of the villain's death wish meeting with the source of creation in all the universe. Yeah, it's it's very much a. Uh, it exists more as homage to things like the Romus than out of any thematic tie. Um, but if we wanted to go with something different, like for example, anti-villain, I would probably go with um, actually what Wheels is playing right now, Keith Griff from Atelier Asha. Mm, he's he is great because he's a very good example of an anti-villain. Because, you know, I mean, he's not exactly friendly to the player at first. He, you have a 
impossible to win boss battle verse against him in the middle of the game and it is heavily implied that he may have accidentally nuked a city in the past at least there's a reason why he's on the run from the central government <laughs> well, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that'll do it and and not unrelated but I'm really hoping that the next Atelier game that gets announced is actually the fourth desk game because there are there are some unanswered questions in that trilogy, hmm. and I would really like to see them try to answer them. Well, they <laughs> seem to be implying that the sequel to um, Riza Riza is next. I mean, that was their best-selling game ever. Yeah, right. But I mean, it was also published alongside Lulua, which was the fourth Ireland game. True. So. Yeah. They may they and, could have uh, that in the works as well. I think they have multiple teams. I'm still hoping they put out a lot Malibu. of stuff. I'm sure they. Lulu, what is it? Ryza came out three, four months after that one, so it was. Uh, Lulu came out uh, about six months before Ryza, but yeah. I mean, I played Lulu and reviewed it. I loved it. That was great. Well, uh, I'm, I'm a secret hype. So um, in Nelke, the the uh, anniversary game, um, if you had the if you had Gust Chan as a down as a DLC, um, she would mm-hmm. do things like she would um, congratulate the Arland characters because of their new arrival, and they had no idea what she's talking about. Huh. More tellingly, oh, she had no. a similar conversation with the characters. Huh. On your new arrival. Interesting. All right. I'm just ruining things for wheels right now. The implication is there. So. Why would you make me think of Conception too? Because you did that to me for years. Oh, okay, um, that's fair. Let's see. Uh, yeah. See favorite antagonist uh, Arden from Final Fantasy 15. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, this is this is like a cliche sort of character, but it's in like a style a cliche that I can dig. Uh, this character in it's a President Shinra in ff7 remake is much more of a presence than the original where he just shows up for like two scenes and then gets stabbed (laughs) and he's so much more just detestable from every angle that yeah he's like not sure like i need more time to shake out where he would fall on my ranking but i really like how just like he's just like the worst most detestable corporate like just, just the worst in in a way that like you don't get that kind of villain that often from RPGs. So, it's fun to have him uh, clowning around in the not really clowning, but you know, just being awful in the background of FF Seven Remake. Yeah, and just uh, using his uh, vast political pull to try to stir up the protagonist's uh, efforts into just allowing him to declare a war on Wutai. Ah, what a good game. 
Yeah. Uh, for bad ones, like, yeah, we, we went over it. Just, like, anything that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, Any of those people that pop out of the shadows at the end and be like, wait! It was me, Austin! It was me all the time! Uh, never yeah. heard my name? You've it never was seen me, it Dio. Wait, no, that now, would be Dio awesome. was never there mind. from episode one. Yeah, it's also true. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, for ones that I like... Uh, I was just going to say, whoever the villain of 13-2 is, is terrible. That game I, don't sucks. Remember what, I don't remember what the villain of 13-2 is. It's not a game you play for the plot. Um, it's not a game you play at all. I know enough people with conflicting opinions that people should probably... I know, I know. It's not the worst. But the other thing I was going to say is uh, to continue my Persona 2 rants, Nyarlathotepin 2 is a very interesting... uh, There's a lot going on there. Sunglasses Hitler? Sometimes he's sunglasses Hitler. Sometimes he's other things. (laughs) But yeah, Nierlathotep in the Persona 2 duology, and technically in Persona 1, based on what those games reveal, but hey, someone has to play Persona 2. I have to be able to talk about it to someone. Well, hey, the villain of Persona 4 is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Which, who I will not and, name, just in case anyone hasn't played that yet. Yeah, 5 has also got uh, several good villains. I was really appreciating them again as I was uh, Royal, with its new dungeon, adds another really good one. Nice. And I will say no more, because obviously. But, yeah, yeah, I feel like those games spoiling some of the stuff, like the, in the Persona games, is worse than spoiling a lot of other games. They they put a lot of time, like, you will spend a lot of time with characters, even the ones you are, can probably guess are villains. So, like, yeah. some... I remember, like, sometimes I, like, the first time playing through a few of them, like, I guessed who a villain was, and I was like, but I don't want it to be them, because I like when I interact with them. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Royal, another, is another great one, in terms of, like, having some really, some interesting villains that do, that have very interesting motivations, and that you're varyingly pleased and devastated to completely demolish. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And Budai asks a question that I cannot yet answer because I have not yet picked up Trials of Mana, but which characters did you choose in Trials of Mana? Uh, I chose the three girls. Girl power team. Yep. One of which I regret and want to launch into the sun. Which one? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Is it Shawit? Yeah, it's Shawit. <laughs> the voice that does it. Yeah. You can change the voice acting. Yeah, I know, but I, I have I have to experience it at least once in, in English, <laughs> and then I can Fair switch enough. it. I mean, it's it's. I've seen worse. It's we like it's not the worst, but a lot of it is pretty terrible. <laughs> Some of it's surprisingly good, but yeah, I mean, that's that game has like no budget, so 
It's impressive that it's as good as it yeah. is, given the no budget it was built on. Yes, the fact <laughs> that the, better remake than Secret of Mana was. The fact that the important things about the game are very good is impressive. So I can. They made the right choices about where that money went. Yes. But yeah, it's it's a much better remake than Secret of Mana was. So. <laughs> Secret of Random remake is so weird. It's it's what happens when you don't acknowledge that the game can be improved in any fashion. <laughs> I just don't understand. What is the point of doing a full-on remake of a really old game that has extremely aged mechanics that were... And gorgeous sprite work and changing the sprite work out yes. but leaving the mechanics? Yes! Why? Why would you do this? <laughs> we, we we may never know, but thankfully they took the opposite tack this time. Yes. Like, I... I, uh, I, like, I don't... If unless you have nostalgia for the original, no one wants to play. And even a lot of people like that, no one wants to play that game like that anymore. It's, it is it's a game weird. that like it's difficult for me to play the old Mana games because I understand they're very important. I kind of can't play them. Yeah, like I can play it and enjoy it like that. I did not want to play it like that if they were going to take the time to remake the thing. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so like, let's, pe- let's people. This this is this is what the Final Fantasy VII some people wanted as a remake would be like, probably, if they yeah, slavishly no. stuck to the original mechanics. Yeah, and it's just much more interesting that they didn't. But I wanna I wanna hit this Discord question before okay, we forget okay, about it again. Okay. We didn't forget uh, about it last time. We just deliberately chose to ignore it so that we can continue on our. Are random asides. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah, we don't want to forget it, so let's see if I can remember. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, oh no, I've scrolled up too hard. <laughs> uh, abort, okay. abort. Here's you poking a stick at the Breath of Fire fans again. Oh, that reminds me. Happy birthday, Wild Arms. Happy birthday, Wild Arms. Happy yeah. birthday, Breath of Fire 3. Oh, is it that birthday uh, too? Yes, I know. I know what you've done. Uh, is there an RPG that's universal? Is that the one we hadn't done? Is there an RPG that's universally phrased that you don't like? I think you guys did that two weeks ago. Yeah, we did that one. Didn't we have... Because I asked the other one. Yeah, I... yeah I remember you asking the corollary. Oh, will a new Final Fantasy, new mainline Final Fantasy, ever go back to turn-based battles? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> if you're asking, like, soon, no, but, like, ever, that leaves a lot open. I mean, like, 7 Remake is an action RPG, but I think that's largely because it's directed by a guy who likes making action RPGs. Yeah. If you get a director that really, really wants to do turn-based, I'm sure... Especially if it's somebody with a lot of influence. Like, turn-based sure isn't even in the... Turn-based is not even in the far ba- far past here. Like, 13... Like, the 13 trilogy, like, two-thirds of those are turn-based. Yeah. Like, it's really yeah. fast turn-based, but it is technically turn-based. I mean, that's all of the... Like, that's what Active Time Battle was kind of supposed to be, was right. a faster turn-based. The fact that it ended up being slower was kind of an un- unintentional side effect that they've been correcting for ever since. But, like, uh, 
I mean, uh, I, like if Motomu Toriyama ever directs another one, I suspect he'll probably make a turn-based game because that's usually what he does. Yeah. Like that's, he likes to make the fast turn-based. That's why he did. That's why FF10 2 looks like it does, and that's why FF13 is an evolution of 2 But I'd suspect that if he gets to direct another one, which is not anywhere anything like outside the realm of possibility, that's probably what you'll get. Yeah. Like, do I think it'll be? Uh, pure turn-based? No, and I don't think no, that's really but, what Final I mean, Fantasy if, should do. If that's what you if that's what you want, like it hasn't really been pure turn-based since like FF3. Well, FF, like even, FF10. Well, 10 is turn-based, but it's turn-based in a way where it's like, oh, but what actions you take change the turn order, that's which is still a, still a wrinkle. So like, if you're, yeah. if if you're you not want... counting APB, you wouldn't count that either. If you want pure turn-based, why aren't you playing Dragon Quest? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Even if you don't want pure turn-based, you should be playing Dragon Quest. But, yes, yeah, true, uh, true. But if if you if you're looking for like pure normal turn-based out of Final Fantasy, you're playing the wrong series. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, it's not what the series does. The way I describe it is more just that Final Fantasy doesn't keep battle systems. No. Spin-offs will sometimes reuse them. But Final Fantasy loves to just screw with what the core of the battle system is. Yeah. Mm. And that's what's made the series, so just let it be Final Fantasy. Like it's always a question of whether they're going to completely shake up the way characters advance or the way that you interact with the battle system. And sometimes they'll do both. Yeah. But like with say FF4, it's a complete shakeup of how the battle system works. FF5, it's character advancement. 6, it's character advancement. 7, it's character advancement. 8, it's a little of both? 8? Uh, just put down 8 as a giant question mark and move on. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see what happens when no one is telling Kazushige Nojima what to do, he is the sole credited writer on that game. Time uh, compression. Let's see. FF9 is a deliberate throwback, but it changes. It again has like the learn uh, abilities off of weapons. Uh, 10 is both uh, <laughs> how you interact with the battle system and what the battle system functions like. Uh, 11, I'm not going to count. It's an MO. It does its own thing. Those are different concerns. Uh, 12, complete change of both the underpinnings, how you interact with the battle, how you get other characters to interact with the battle. 12 is basically a better version of Bioware combat systems. Yeah, it's maybe a little too complicated, but it's good. Um, but it plays itself! It does play itself. It does play itself <laughs> after you've spent 30 hours configuring your if-then gambits. Yes. Where is my ternary operator gambit field? <laughs> I don't know. Where's my while loop? Oh, that would actually be useful. Just give me while not stolen, steal. <laughs> There's no good way to automate stealing in that game. <sighs> Never mind. Uh, I love that game. But carry on. I wish I liked it more than I do. I acknowledge its quality. Uh, FF13, again... Completely crazy change up. FF10 2, completely crazy change up. Like, FF15, completely different, completely di crazy change up, but notably directed by Nomura and Tabata, both of whom were much more into 
action combat than real time and than turn based. So, uh, just a question: Is there any way of changing the uh, ATB style in in Ten Two to uh, pause whenever somebody hits style? a full? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think there's some kind of option. Because I've tried to find it before, but I wasn't sure if I... I never actually found it, and I was kind of... I ended up giving up because I was kind of getting frustrated doing things like Chocobo catching, where by the time I actually located the item to catch them in my inventory, the Chocobo was already running away. Yeah, there's a wait mode in it. So if you go into the config and turn on wait mode, at least if you're in the item item menu, things don't advance until you select something. That's good to know. Yeah, that's the next it's very important because that's a fast play. game. Yeah. <laughs> like the like thirteen takes that to its logical conclusion to the point where the player is not expected to keep up with it. It's ex- they're expected to make decisions on what kind of keeping up with it they want the party to do, and then let the party do it itself. Yeah, and. <laughs> And once you get farther into 13 and that thing really takes off, you, you are moving through those menus like lightning fast. It's crazy. Yeah, 13's biggest issue is just that it doesn't... It, it takes too long assuming that the player doesn't understand how it works. It doesn't trust players enough. Yeah, and like normally I'm, I'm against like people complaining about tutorials, but like it changes the pacing of that game when it's 20 hours of it. So. I wouldn't say it's 20 hours until it gets good, but it is a... It's not 20 hours time. until it gets good, but it's 20 hours until you... Uh, have everything. Yeah, it's 20 hours until you have a choice of who's in your party. Right. And I feel like it's a bad precedent to set for the player when you start an RPG and it's so concerned about you needing to have things introduced to you that you literally can't gain experience. Yeah. Like that, that's just... Yeah, weird. Don't know why they did it. But yeah, hopefully, uh, I I would be interested in seeing Toriyama take another crack at a Final Fantasy. He's very high up in the company. I suspect he probably will at some point. I don't know who's directing FF16, but someone will eventually. And I would suspect that like people like... Uh, that I mean, you would get very different battle systems from a Yoshi P or a Motomu Toriyama or a Tetsuya Nomura. Like, all of them would make very different games, and that's kind of why the Square still makes interesting games, even though they take forever to make them. Yeah. Ugh, but yeah. But that's why I've always loved the series is you always expect like this certain quality, and but you don't know exactly what you're gonna get. It's... Yeah, and I suspect that that does mean that we will still probably see turn-based ones. Probably. But yeah, like you said, it's likely. Turn-based with a wrinkle. I don't think you're going to yeah. get like pure Dragon Quest turn-based. Yeah, but then again, I doubt that's what Scar with us anyway. So. Oh, probably not. Play a bravely game. You're good. No. No, thank you. <laughs> no. Well, those are also turn-based with a wrinkle because you get to mortgage your that's turn. True. Yes. Uh, we'll see. I, maybe I would maybe two will be metal good. Max. Yes, metal true. max. Mm-hmm. 
or any of the older games. Except Xeno Original. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's, that kind of clears us out of questions. If there's anything else we want to bring up, speak now or forever hold your peace. I feel like there was something. I was gonna, I was gonna bug Matt about, or bug somebody about reading material. So. <laughs> Yes, I. You know what? I was in the doctor's office today, and I got through another like twenty percent of the uh, boyfriend's book. Ready to finish that one up. It means you'll have another review from Megan soon. Hey. Finally, have a non-Canadian review for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can I turn on my VPN. It could be. There, there is an anonymous Canadian. I have no idea who this is, but he posted the exact same one sentence review on all eight extant episodes so far. <laughs> but, thanks, guy. I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, I mean, he, he apparently to your book and was just for at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll try to make mine flavorful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, what was the whole? Hmm? Yes. What was the discussion about lit RPG? Well, first of all, what is it? Do you think? That's a good question. I saw that going by in the Discord, and I was like, okay, I'm confused. Well, I mean, the thing, it started out as a kind of a science fiction subgenre based entirely on sword art online. Oh, what? <laughs> that, um, that was the modern uh, modern trigger for this particular subgenre. Um, and some of the diehards in the uh, very in the surprisingly large community that likes these kinds of stories um, insist that the only stories that fit are the ones that are pretty much carbon copies of Sword Art Online. Like, okay, no. <laughs> yeah, just the idea that, okay, stuck in a video game and it has to have some sort of concrete um, like experience or skill system baked into it that the, that the main character is aware of and able to exploit. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and like we could probably expand this just a little bit you know I mean this is this is like the uh, the pop literary equivalent of do you remember Rhea from the old um, RP Gamer Boards Rhea Racender yes the guy who was convinced that the only games that could possibly be categorized as RPGs were basically wizardry clones that had uh, was that true yeah, that was his argument during the incessant "what's an RPG" debates. Was that if, it, in order to be an RPG, in his opinion, it had to have a class-based experience level system and a combat screen that was separate from the dungeon exploration screen. Okay. Which means that Chrono Trigger was an RPG for him, supposedly. Uh, we kind of pressed the point; he never answered that one. But yeah, there are some 
people in this particular lit RPG community who are that pedantic on the John subgenre definition. Well, that's annoying. But at the same time, I keep adding the tag to anything I advertise because, hey, I'm doing stories about playing a tabletop game and having half the story in character as the game characters. So it's like, I'm not sure what else to call it, to be honest. It sounds as uh, you have literature with people playing the RPG and the RPG is part of the literature, so. Have at it, yeah. And it's it's fun doing deep dives into Pathfinder material, and then realizing that hey, like two twenty thousand words later, that hey, I kind of misunderstood this one item or this one rule, and did a whole lot of world building around something that's completely different from the original game. So, <laughs> 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 so. yeah, I, I just started up writing a diff new episode, and I realized that hey, I forgot how exactly how the occultist class works. Now it works differently. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> so. And it is, it is surprisingly hard to try and sell your own stuff online. Go figure. I can only imagine. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so if anyone who's listening, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, Michael Yarimizu, check it out. Have fun. It comes occasionally recommended. <laughs> recommend. Yeah. I have not finished it, but I very much enjoyed what I've read. We all just has commitment issues, as we all know. Oh yes. And many distractions. <laughs> Wills will love something and then so throw it to the wayside because something will be shiny. Ooh, new and shiny. Ooh, piece of candy. Piece of candy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm probably just going to finally put up episode 9 sometime this month. Uh, I was holding back because I kind of got stuck on a, um, a paralogue. Uh, that happens sometime around episode 10. I was trying to get that finished, and I realized it's not going to get finished anytime soon. So I might as well just start moving on here. For length. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I presume no one else has anything to plug. Nope. Oh, I, Wheels. Plug, I was talking plug. to Wheels. <laughs> I was talking to Wheels earlier and asking what time we were going to be on tonight, and I'm like, well, just hit me up because I'm just sitting around watching Dragon Quest Ballet. <laughs> wow. I had to stop like mid-typing a response. I'm like, uh, wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> just being cultured, <laughs> Philistine. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I, Wheels I, class changes to Philistine. <laughs> I don't know if watching Dragon Quest LA is technically anywhere along the lines of feeling cultured, but uh, LA is legally cultured. <laughs> uh, my co-host for my podcast, Slime Time, 
very excited last week that um, I think Yuji Hori and Adam Link and dropped it on YouTube, this 40-minute version of um, an abridged version, like a teaser for a full ballet. And I guess they had a troupe come to uh, Paris and put on a 40-minute teaser ballet of... Uh, which was lovingly like up in the screen in English as black hero and white hero fighting each other. And it ended with the weapons merchant actually uh, give, being able to sell the guy money. I, I was even taking notes as I'm watching this. I'm like, this hero is fighting monsters with a dagger. No wonder he's losing. <laughs> pretty weak. <laughs> he's pretty weak and, and there was like a scene, I guess, in the tavern where he went to recruit people and it all kind of sucked there too. And finally, he played a little flute. The magician, the why, oh, it was listed as wise man. Wise man came out and finally paid the weapons merchant, who I mean is obviously Torneco Taloon. He's got the whole outfit on and everything. Um, but definitely just called weapons merchant. Um, finally paid and the hero got a sword and that was kind of the end and it came out and like thanks for watching we hope you all come to tokyo and watch our full performance oh. <laughs> apparently in a okay, well, try that. Oh, yes yes sorry i was gonna say apparently a uh very it was a very high quality thing like an official i don't think it was through the official dragon quest but somebody Hori had it up there and yes my co-host really wants to do an episode about this oh <laughs> uh, I mean <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a different show for you to watch then too okay uh, so th this current TV season in Japan there is an evening drama called uh, Densetsu no Okasan Legendary Mom and um the idea is you have a very, very, like, laughably Dragon Quest-style adventuring party who um, in, um, who stopped adventuring about 10 years ago for various reasons, and they're getting back together to actually finish the job, except that their, um, their main magic user got married and has a kid now. Kid's about eight, nine months old, and so she's having to push him around in a stroller while they're wandering the, the landscape and things like that. Huh. And it's got little funny little interludes that are like definitely riffs on eight to sixteen bit Dragon Quest games. <laughs> uh, it's like you see the party all lined up in a row, walking around the, the battle map, and the last one is pulling or pushing the stroller, that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, like the first battle that they get into, the baby starts crying, and so they have to run away. <laughs> This sounds oh, really yes. great. He That's was it. a legendary witch and also part of the legendary Brave Group. Brave Group defeated Satan as it tried to engulf the world with its dark power. Satan was sealed off and the world became peaceful. She's a house housewife and struggles to raise her baby child. Days are otherwise peaceful and ordinary until she hears that Satan has been unsealed and revived. Oh, no. Uh, all I know is that the actual um, the episodes list is done in the form of save files. <laughs> That's cute. 
And at the end of the first episode, it shows a save file, and it shows the previous save file being 10 years previous. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, this is so obviously a joke on Dragon Quest. Nice. Here's the uh, trailer. Yeah, it was interesting because the monsters in the ballet are definitely not like Dragon Quest monsters. They they look like Jim Henson nightmares. Oh, jeez. Like you could put somebody in a uh, Neko Taloon suit, but you couldn't put somebody in a slime outfit. I mean... That's cowardice is what it is. <laughs> they had the license to do... Uh, they even got the music license, so I mean... Heck. In... Um, they're not very uh, squeamish about sharing the music licenses on that one. I mean, I remember watching an episode, um, one of the Ibo movies. It's a Japanese police procedural, and there was a scene at a fancy dinner party, and in the background there was a, a string quartet. And where in America you'd be hearing them play Mozart or Chopin or something. In this Japanese movie, it was in four part harmony. <laughs> Well, we should probably wrap up so that I can finally open up this dang soccer awards. Oh yeah, that's right. That came out like yesterday, day yeah, before yesterday. I I have it. I haven't opened it, yet, but I wanted to make sure to support that series since uh, if we don't support it, who knows when we would see it again. The Always answer been. is never. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've heard good things. So have I. It's really fun. And I'm in the mood for long RPGs that pretend that let me pretend that I'm socializing. Um, yeah, so I'll, I will probably <laughs> plug that in as soon as I finish FF7. Well, no, because after you finish FF7, you have to play more Persona 5. Oh, that's true. Damn it. Yeah, I'm going to keep you on track this time. All right, all right. That's fair. As long as I can still play my atelier on the side. Yeah, no, that's fine. Which is your side piece? Yeah. And some Dragon well, Quest. not interrogating the... Uh... And some Minecraft. <laughs> Craft is the day You're game. <laughs> Listen, I have, no, I have no choice on, as far as the Minecraft goes. Yeah, but I'm just saying, have you ever considered your broken? Yes, I have. We've, <laughs> we've confirmed this. You can still okay. pivot Minecraft into Dragon Quest Builders. Pivot. It's, pivot. Uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> like he's watching, he's watching Minecraft story mode on Netflix. It's, it's oh, too I'm far. Sorry. We're too far gone. <laughs> Got to make Dragon Quest Builders story mode for Netflix. Yeah, well, the, see, the, the, the thing about Minecraft, I think, that I finally get... Is that like when you're not playing in like the lame creative mode, which I think is really boring, but I guess people enjoy it. But if you're playing like the actual survival, like the actual game mode, it's actually pretty interesting. And it kind of reminds me of a lot of the reasons we liked the games back in like the 16 and 8 bit eras, because the game doesn't really lay anything out for you and there's all sorts of secrets and things you could poke around with and 
which leads to lots of kids discussing things like, oh, have you seen this thing? And mm. I get it. I get it. I don't, and I won't. But that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, I will. I am going, still going to try and play some Dragon Quest Builders and try and try and get co-op for that to be a thing too. Oh, that, that's another episode that we've got lined up for my slime time. We've got some guy in Germany, and my co-host is obsessed with this Dragon Quest Builders group, and this guy posts like once a month with. You know, look, I built the Taj Mahal, and I built <laughs> you know, all of Egypt, and I built, like, Manhattan with the correct number of skyscrapers. Jeez. Like, I just, yeah, I look at some of them. I mean, it's just, like, the people who go crazy in Minecraft. Yeah. I think, my God, I, okay. I don't even think it's a real Taj Mahal-centric <laughs> <laughs> Well, that popped into my mind because of what we said. I don't know if he's really done it, but yeah, this guy lives in uh, Germany and we were trying to coordinate with him by the end of the uh, May to have an episode where he can go on and talk about, you know, I can try to, without sounding like, your God, why are you wasting your life? But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what motivates you to spend, you know, 90 hours doing one thing? Yeah. Like I, I still don't understand that aspect of Minecraft. Like why why you're basically doing digital Legos, I guess. Exactly. You guys keep doing this, I'm gonna start playing Lunar Legend and kill and destroy myself. I'm sorry, listen listen, <laughs> the appeal of both the the appeal to me of both builders and Minecraft is you get to go on an adventure and like just have building as a tool in your arsenal, which I think is really cool for that sort of game. That's it. Right. And that's where, you know what, I didn't even know Minecraft had some sort of adventure or survival mode, but yeah, yeah I, I need that. I need that. I can't just be like, hey, here's a toy box, go build something. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I thought it was. I thought all it was was basically you can build stuff, but no, it's like you basically have to survive because there's all sorts of monsters that come out at night, so you have to build houses and weapons, and then you can get to like the actual mining for materials, and then there's like this whole nether world okay. you can build a portal to to eventually get into the actual final boss. And I need that too. I need that final boss. Yeah, maybe a hundred hours away, but I need some sort of yeah, the end in ex- sight. Exactly, and you know. I think Builders is great because it has this whole story and a lot more character to it, which is interesting. And Minecraft has just like this open-ended exploration nature to it. Like I was kind of opened up in a rabbit hole because I'm like, how big are the worlds in this thing? Because I was I was curious as we were trying to explore the world, our world, if if we kept walking in one direction, if we'd end up at the other side of the world. And the information I got was that. I very much know what happens when a Minecraft world is generated is it it generates one million blocks in every direction and wow. it would take you sprinting full speed in the game 70 real world days to get from one end to the other which is absurd <laughs> That is absurd. I mean, yes. so you're talking by okay. Then you're talking about a two million by two million grid. Yes. Yes. Exactly. 
right there you're at four trillion yes and and, and then add layers yes my gosh. So I, it, this kind of filled me with like existential dread, like, oh god, if we wander too far and I don't have the coordinates of like all this shit that we build, will we ever be able to find it again? Yeah. <laughs> and see that being a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. It. I. Yeah. It, it's. It's crazy. I don't know why they would do that. I would love. It, I would love the option to be able to just make like a globe that wraps around itself instead of that because that's mm -hmm. ridiculous <laughs> it, they call it infinite world and, and that's what led me to like like look into it like is does this actually mean infinite does it keep like just generating it as you go which would I guess make more sense than this which is no it's just an impossibly large thing that you'll never be able to fully explore to which, absolutely start playing Lunar Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry. This this was this was absolutely fascinating me to me to to look into this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm just uh, okay. Fine. Making bad life choices right yes. now. <laughs> Listen, this is not a good version of Lunar, but it makes a lot of weird changes that no other version has. So you understand my dilemma. But yes, Minecraft is a Pandora's box of weird nonsense that I still don't fully understand. Like I could, I could go into all the the, the nonsense. Like, hey, there's like a bunch of different biomes that you could wander into. That it's 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 listen. It's a game that's been con continuously added onto since I don't know when the hell it originally came out. And we're at more than ten years, either. Yeah, and if you it, just look at the graphics in the game, it's um, you know they ha obviously haven't had to spend a lot of time upgrading those because they haven't changed. <laughs> so uh, you can see where they spent their time, and yeah, it's weird. It's very weird, but it's nice to it's nice to finally get it, even though um, I would rather just find a way to get my kids to play some Dragon Quest Builders, but yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Yeah, well, I finally got my kids into at least liking to do Legos, so I'm, I'm hoping to break out the Dragon Quest Builders 2 nice. again. And all they've wanted to do just battle. Like, last summer when I went through and beat it after 70 hours, they would sit around and play for 20-30 minutes, just go killing orcs and slimes and whatever. Uh no interest in the building component. Yeah, my my kids love Legos a little too much. Um, <laughs> if you've ever experienced stepping on Legos, I oh yeah, I have very often. <laughs> and in fact, my wife's starting to be annoyed that I've brought them out again. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately for me, they the Legos live in my game room, so. Mm. I guess it's basically my problem to deal with. <laughs> That's fine. My son, my son is into the Minecraft Legos right now, which are thankfully, for, for some reason, much cheaper. <laughs> so I appreciate that. That's good. The only thing worse than stepping on a Lego is kneeling on one. Oh, I, oh. oh man. I've taught summer camps <sighs> for the past... 
12 years and I had a Lego robotics one about eight years ago and we were getting shuffled around the school as they were going through and cleaning different classrooms throughout the summer. So I kind of had to move classroom to classroom throughout the summer and we just had everything shoved back and we just built on the floor. There's only a dozen of us. And man, one day I kneeled on a piece and mm. it was like a cookie cutter on my skin. Just like circular piece, just get out. That was, yeah. A little circular scar there for a while. It was fun. Ow. <laughs> oh, goddamn Legos. <laughs> you gotta get them in the stop motion Lego videos. Ooh, that's actually a good oh, idea. Boy. My, uh, Niece and nephew sent me videos last weekend of their making little stop motion ones. So, led me to do a stop motion one. <laughs> roller beads, making a Dragon Quest roller bead thing, and suggested to some of my students who have since sent me a one or two. So, I don't know if my kids have the patience to do stop motion. Uh, my son tried one with a Pokemon, and he didn't really get the small movements thing. So, <laughs> uh, while he cracks up at it, you know, it's. Uh... <laughs> well, I yeah, I think they would get it because we we do lots of the Captain Underpants books, which have like mm -hmm. the simple animation in it of just like flipping one page to the other. Yes, if you have that idea, you kind of yeah. get the. Mm -hmm. Heck, even my wife, we all got caught up in stop motion. My wife does different crafts and sells them online. So noon, one of the days this week, I was like finishing up on a video lesson and with school and I walk out and I ask the kids, I'm like, where's mommy? And they're like, oh, she's in the garage. <laughs> she's doing in the garage. I walk in there and she's spent two hours crocheting this coffee mug holder and but literally like every five stitches she's putting it down and taking a picture and we all kind of got caught up in it and getting our own stop motion videos this week That's pretty cool I'll get my daughter to make uh the nightmare before christmas too there you go she loves that movie and again we witnessed the depths to which we understand um, during pa uh, pandemic yeah yes, yes. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I'm just broken because I'm just posting Lunar Legends screens at this point. <laughs> which that last one? Always curious if that was a working designs edition. Which, yeah, which, which lunar is that? I don't even know. There's this is the GBA version. Okay. That looks like a Game Boy Advance version. Yeah. So that's the not third great. the third remake of one. It's the third version of one. It's not the third remake. Version. Okay. It's different, for whatever that's worth. We should. We, I'll probably report back on this again. No, okay. Let's no more. All right. Uh, questions in the normal place. Um, you can send your Minecraft build. No, I'm just kidding. Don't send me your Minecraft garbage. <laughs> destroy you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, I opened up a rabbit hole and I had to. I had to share. I'm sorry. Let's not let's not use words that are overly specific, like had to share. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> in any case, uh, 
questions go in the comment section, or sometimes they go to the Discord in the well, Q and A questions. Well, hey, listen, I could I could tell you how about how I spent a bunch of time figuring out that hey, this whole Nether world you can transport to, you can actually use as like a transportation hub to to make. Are you still talking about Minecraft? Okay, all right, I'll stop. I will explode you. <laughs> Would it not take 72 days to cross the whole place, then? Uh, that is correct, because the, the the nether is much smaller than the main world, and I'm... you can you can build multiple portals to it and make traveling. No, no, I'm done. See you, space cowboys. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hit the stop. <laughs>